sounds like hell itself is opening up <laughs> outside the Metal Hammer office today. We've got a window outside. I was about to say this studio. It's not a studio, it's a meeting room. <laughs> We've got this window uh, outside the, uh, the office where we can literally, I'm literally right in front of me right now. There's a massive crane just ripping the shit out of a building. So it's really noisy and there's not a lot we can do about it. But it's Metal Hammer Podcast 50, yes. Number 50, where's the cake? We made it. Uh, yeah, no one got us a cake, so thanks for that, loyal listeners and readers and followers. Cheers. I'm um, making a face, but you can't see it. It's a face of extreme I was making sadness. a very unimpressed face. Elle's actually Elle's been ill as shit for like two weeks now, and she's coming especially to do this podcast, people. That's how much she cares. I have. Looks Couldn't very unimpressed at the moment. Because I was too ill. And this week I'm just slightly less ill. Slightly less ill. And no cake, damn it. I would get better 100%. Can someone please send us a cake? Even if it's not for the 50th podcast, it's... I mean, well, we missed a week. So I guess next week or thereabouts, it's going to be a year since we started this. Yeah. I'm going to find out what the date we launched the first podcast is. And then we'll we'll be celebrating our first birthday back on the air. So that'll be good. Um, What's been going on? We missed uh, a podcast last week. Sorry about that. I was away. Elle was ill, so there's literally no one here to do it. So, don't have to tell you really. <laughs> so I was about that, but we're back. Um, and should we review Architects? Oh, you didn't go to Architects. I didn't get to go. Oh. Shall I, I talk about off. it? It was two weeks ago, but it was an important gig. I, I started off January, so PMA, so hopeful about what was to come. And basically lived inside for three weeks and not been to any gigs. She so, means literally inside, it's not like a metaphor, like, I've been living inside. <laughs> There's nothing inside. <laughs> it's dead. Bring me to life. Uh, yeah, I've literally been living, <laughs> living inside for three weeks. I'd like to hear how Architects was. Um, well, the, uh, the answer to that is really, really good. Um, so yeah, two weeks back, but undoubtedly one of the most significant gigs of the whole year, really, not just at the start of the year. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just great. Uh, I got in to see the second half of Beartooth who I thought did really well. I think any band um, playing main support at Wembley Arena is always going to be against it because you're not going to have the benefit of a big show normally because that, that's you know reserved for the headliners. Acoustics can be a hard thing to navigate in an arena, especially if it's an arena that's not full yet because obviously fans are coming in and stuff. But by the time I got in there to see Beartooth, I mean, the floor was completely full, I think. I saw a few clips on Instagram and it looked amazing. It looked like... Beartooth. Yeah, it looked yeah. like the audience could have been there for Beartooth. Yeah, there, there were some of the tracks, um, I can't remember which ones now, um, Body Bag, definitely, and... Um, in Between. In Between, yeah. yeah. And you could really tell that the, the, the all the fans there really knew these songs, which is great. So it's good to see how far Beartooth have come in terms of permeating um, the metal scene's wider consciousness and just being a big deal in their own. So, Fucking hell, what Jesus. was that? What's going on? I'm going to shoot this person evil, someone's... <laughs> someone's trying to hit us with a folder? <sighs> An umbrella just fell across the fucking door of the what office. What's doing? going on now? Can someone sort us out a studio please, so we can actually like stop with all this craziness around us? I'm sick of it. Anyway, Beartooth were really good. Good. Um, I thought it, Caleb was, was kind of facing like sideways for a lot of the gig. Why? He kind of had his like... Uh, he had the mic in the kind of stand and was kind of like rocking back and forth on it. I'm doing an impression now. You can't see. Probably for the best. Um, and yeah, he seemed to be side on to the crowd. So I don't know if that was just like a kind of thing he's doing. Because oh, it looked kind of cool. 
But um, I don't know if he Do was a bit nervous of that bigger crowd or what. Sort of a rock star silhouette type thing. That's what I was wondering. Hugging yeah. the microphone and sort of screaming, and so it kind of looked cool against yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it did, it did look quite cool, so maybe it was just like a thing. I don't know. Mm. But he sounded great. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought they were really, really cool. That all said, um, it was just Architects gig, and yeah. it was just absolutely brilliant oh. like they started with death is not defeat which is obviously such a pertinent and important yeah. track on the album and it's such a kind of statement of intent for where they're at now and from that from the opening song it was just kind of i think it was the most emo- the most emotional arena gig i've ever been to in terms of you could just feel the emotion pouring through the crowd and on the stage mm. um you know all the new stuff sounded great everyone went fucking Bananas for Hereafter and Doomsday. I know Doomsday is a bit older, but, um, and a couple of other tracks. Uh, I think they played Holy Hell, did they? I think they did. Um, so yeah, the, the songs of Holy Hell itself um, all sounded really good. Um, the stuff of the last few albums, I think sounded the best uh, of the whole night as well. I just think that they're, they're in a band, they're in a place now where as a band, you can just tell that they've just kind of got into a groove where I kind of feel like even though I know like Hollow Crown, for instance, is a really important album for a lot of Architects fans, I kind of feel like it's really about the last few albums. Oh, now. Yes, it you know what I mean? Like they just got to this stage where, kind of like what Premium Horizon are doing, it's just like it's very much about the kind of last six years of output, and that I think that defines who they are as a band more than Absolutely. what came before. I was listening to Holy Hell because I couldn't go to the show, so I was listening to the record, and I'd given it a rest for maybe a month or so, and it was really nice to go back and revisit it because those songs just felt really strong actually on kind of a second go around it was just good to listen to again yeah it's such a great album and um, as I, yeah as I said the new songs the slightly the occasionally older songs they played all sounded wicked um, the, the show was really cool they had this kind of like um, I can't remember if they had it on the last one or not but it's kind of like a big screen with like a, a, a big circle kind of protruding from the middle of it and it was stuff yeah. projected off that um, and they had bits of pyro you know, steam cannons, all the rest of it. Really cool laser effects, which looked great. Um, so it was a really like classy uh, arena show in terms yeah, of the production, yeah. if you know what I mean. It wasn't yeah. too cheesy and like, and it wasn't I think really a lot of like bands- distracting either. It was just kind of exactly. fit the music. Exactly, yeah. I think a lot of bands kind of get to a certain point and they feel like they have to do certain stuff and you see the same old stick kind of wheeled out when it comes to arena shows. But with Architects, it felt like just nice and simple, but um, really impactful all the same. Um, they, they did the tribute to Tom with the TS on the big screen. Yeah. Sam made a couple of really emotional speeches about where they've come to and what it would have meant to, to Tom to see them where they are now. Um, a big Tom chant erupted at least once or twice across the yeah. whole of Wembley Arena. Um, but I will say it was kind of, it was very emotional and there's there certainly points of kind of quite sobering reflection there, but it felt like triumphant more than anything. I think the Brixton show that they first did without Tom and then the Ali Pali show last year, I think those were quite a difficult thing to navigate for everybody because it was like, wow, look where they are, but look what's happened before to how they get here and what's it all mean for the future and everything else. Yeah, there's a question mark like, hanging over what was going to happen. Exactly, basically. yeah. Whereas with Wembley, it really felt like an absolute, this is a band at the height of their powers and they've been through some horrendous shit that they are moving onwards and upwards and the momentum is very much still with them. And it was so great to see. Like it just felt, it felt good. The whole thing felt good, oh, and that awesome. was awesome. Yeah. You missed a good will, gig. I'm hoping they will come back, or I can go and see them somewhere else because I really want to see them on this cycle. Yeah. Well, they're not announced for anything for festival season yet, which is no. interesting. So maybe we will see. 
if they rock up on your app. I hope so. I hope I get I hope the so chance too. to go see you. It was awesome. And yeah, just a few bands deserve to have that moment more than Architects, I think. And it's yeah. just, you know, the world, the world is their oyster. And who could have thought that a few years back, you know? Um, the new issue of Metal Hammer has just gone live out. Uh, <laughs> okay. That was my reaction. All right, good. Anyway, I'm excited about it. <laughs> uh, in 1969, what were you doing in 1969? What was I doing? <laughs> uh, I was, but uh, an, an unrealised part of the universe. It's <laughs> very poetic. Yeah, well, I am poetic. Uh, I too wasn't even so much as a sperm. So <laughs> but in that year, four mates from Birmingham, uh, after a bit of dicking about in the lineup and switching between some bands and all the rest of it, finally got their shit together. They renamed themselves Black Sabbath and they went about writing the music that would inspire an entire scene that brings us all to where we are today. So, in honour of that, the new issue of Metal Hammer is a celebration of 50 years of metal. So five good. decades. 50 years of the music that we love. Metal has been around for five decades. It's crazy, isn't it? So we did two things. We gave, we did, uh, we put together a, a kind of decade by decade with an extra little shout out bit to 1969. It all began. Um, breakdown of the journey of metal, um, the bands that defined it, the albums that defined it, the stories that shaped our world, and we also got together. I think it's quite easy to to say this. I don't think I'm exaggerating. Yeah, okay. The best, the most badass, certainly the most metal panel. Um, we have ever, ever brought together. I'm definitely not hastily flicking through the issue right now to remind myself of everyone that's in it because there's 50 people in it. Uh, so we brought together the biggest panel in metal history and we got them, not us, we got them to pick the 50 greatest metal albums of all time, ever. So. The biggest countdown with the biggest. The biggest countdown. In metal on well, kind of this countdown. list. It's not really a countdown. Sorry, kind it's, not, of it's not. It's a, it's a we didn't pick like we didn't get them to pick like the greatest album. We just got them to pick uh, the fifty greatest albums ever. They're only allowed to pick <clears throat> one album per artist. So yeah. you're not going to see Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets and the Black Album, and you're not going to see Number of the Beast and Power Slave and Seven Sun. In fact, no, none of those maiden albums actually made the list. Don't blame us. We're not in the panel. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome list. It's a surprising list. There's some real wild card choices in there, and I'm going to take you through the panel who we got together to pick this thing. So all these people picked their favorite album for us and we put this into the ultimate list of greatest albums ever, it's mental. So here's who's on the greatest panel ever. We have Mr. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, Matt Heapy from Trivium, Scott Ian from Anthrax, Robert Zombie is on the panel ever. Robert Zombie. Rob Zombie himself. Opeth's Michael Ackerfeld, we got Tobias Forge from Ghost, Elisa White Glue from Arch Enemy, James Lebrief from Dream Theatre, Michael Starr from Steel Panther, Winston from Parkway, Jesse from Killswitch, Doro Pesh, the Metal Queen herself, uh, Christina from Lacuna Coil, Miscavia is in there, Joey Jordison is in there, Thomas Holopainen from Nightwish, Johan from Monomart, Johan Hegg, there's two Johans on there. Two Johans. Johan Hegg from Monomart. Uh, Kayla from Beartooth, we just talked about them. Chris Jericho himself, Fozzy Main Man and General Legend is on the panel. Mark Tremonti from Alterbridge, Danny Filth is in the panel, Neil Fallon from Clutch, Matt Pike from Sleep and High on Fire, Alexi Loho from Children of Bottom, Jamie Morgan from Code Orange, Carpenter Brute is in the panel, the King of Synthwave, uh, Loz from Welshy Steeps, Justine from Employed to Serve, Danny Winterbates from Barry Tomorrow, Ben Ward from Orange Goblin, there's a man that knows his metal, he's in the panel, you have to pick up the issues to find out what album he picked. Dan from Tesseract, Philly from Gambon, Tobias Samet from Avantasia, 
Eva from Rolo to Massey, Colin from Eamon Ra, Aaron Pauly from Mice and Men, Jason Allen Butler, one of the raddest dudes in the scene, oh, currently in FIFA 333 of course, Miho from Love Bites, uh, Johanna from Lucifer, Elijah from Cane Hill, we've got people from Horror, Red Fang, Bleed From Within, Black Peaks, Conjurer, Discarnate, Ghost Iris, Calligram, Fit For An Autopsy, As Everything Unfolds, and For I Am King who were um, a young band that we picked out and highlighted in this year a few, a few uh, months back. All those people are on our panel picking the 50 greatest albums ever made. They know. So pick up the new issue now to find out which albums they chose. And remember, if you disagree with them, come on to facebook.com forward slash Mount Hammer Readers and uh, argue the toss. But don't blame us because we didn't pick them, they did. So <laughs> if you've got a problem, you can, you can ring up Dave Mustaine and tell him about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And we also, yeah, we go in depth on uh, other stories that have defined metal over the years. We talk to people like uh, members of Typo Negative, members of Dio's band. Um, God almighty, there's so much stuff I can't even remember. Who else is in there? Attila's in there? Yeah. Didn't make that up, did I? Matilda no. from Mayhem. Mayhem. He's yeah. in there. Tom G. Warrior's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And if, if that's not enough, like I said, we've got the greatest panel ever. There's loads of other stuff in the new issue as well. Um, happy 50th birthday to Heavy Metal, I guess. Happy 50th birthday to Heavy Metal. Bloody It's time brilliant. for another cake. It is time for another cake. It is. That's a new issue of Metal Hammer out right... Well, it's going to go out on Thursday, so it's technically out tomorrow. It's out on Friday. So. 50th podcast... And 50 years of metal. Oh my god, we didn't even plan it. Yes, we know, we totally did. <laughs> That's amazing, didn't even notice that. Yeah, 50 is brilliant. You're over 50s and all that. God, I burned myself out because I got so excited about the new issue, Al. It's an amazing issue, and obviously we're biased, but 50 years of metal, there's so much history within those pages. So many people getting excited about all their favourite bands. Just the cover. Yeah, like, look at that iconography. Looking, honestly, amazing. when you guys see the cover, you're going to screw. It's so good. We've got a uh, matey boy from the Holy Diver cover. I thought we call him Devil Lad with the whip. Uh, yeah, whip, whip lad. Whip lad. Um, we've got Snaggletooth on there. Gajira's represented on there. We've got Pantera represented. Behemoth, Mercus, Sabbath, Maiden, Priest, Slipknot, Metallica, Slayer, Ghost, Linkin Park, Alice in Chains. All these bands represented on what is a very cool cover uh, that we got commissioned especially for this. So, yeah. Um, we're going to be celebrating 50 years of metal across the year, by the way. So stay tuned, if you can, to Metal Hammer magazine to find out what else we do to celebrate five decades of the greatest it scene in the world. It is a great year for metal. It is. It is. Uh, I was going to say, and on that note, but <coughs> some bad news to start off the news this week, Al, actually. It is, yeah. Ozzy's postponed his UK tour. Rubbish. So he is ill, isn't he? Um, he says yeah, he's got a virus or something. He's completely he? devastated at the news, and he adds... This is horrible. It just seems that since October, everything I touch has turned to shit. First a staph infection in my thumb, and now coming down with the flu and bronchitis. I want to apologise to all of my fans who have been so loyal over the years. My band, my crew, and to Judas Priest for letting you all down. But he does promise to reschedule. Yeah, it's going to be rescheduled for September. So yeah, one of the biggest tours of the year. It's a real shame that's been pushed back. And anyone that read our, uh, our exclusive interview with Ozzy last month knows that he's, he's very much all about still going out on and playing shows he loves doing it um, you know he is winding down his career now but it's not for want of uh, it's not for lack of wanting to get up on the I stage feel and really do his thing so he, he's obviously really bummed about this and yeah I feel bad for him it sounds like well. he's had what I've had not to bring it back to me but if <laughs> I've been inside the house for like three weeks how the hell are you meant to carry on and get up on a stage and especially somebody <clears throat> like Ozzy who's been 
doing this for years and years and years and years and years. It really sucks. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's quite rare you see a, a statement as candid as that. Everything I touch has turned to shit. That's really like, oh, fucking hell, that's, that's it's horrible. It's it. very candid. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely get get well soon, Oz, um, and we will absolutely be there in September for when those dates with Chris get re arranged because that is going to be again that's going to be a massive celebration isn't it it is so that's something to look forward to I mean yeah it feeds into the you know what we said about metal 50 years of metal like in 2019 you can go see a band like Architects headline Wembley Arena and you can also still go and see Ozzy and Judas Priest and those kind of legends in the same place it's just mind blowing yeah I love metal it's so good I love it more no Ah. Uh, potentially exciting news Brian Johnson could be back in ACDC how do we know this well we've got (laughs) we've got a great source on this which has set the internet alight Uh, LA Grindcore legends Terrorizer have confirmed that Brian Johnson is back in ACDC because they ran into him at an airport yeah they ran into him uh, so they've just been I think either touring or recording an album I think it's touring and they ran into Brian Johnson um, who recently you know uh, oh god it's going back a couple of years now but um, they had to exit the ACDC fold he had some hearing issues and uh, they famously got Axl Rose to fill in quite successfully um, as front man for for a little while um, so Brian Johnson hasn't been a, hasn't been in ACDC for a while, but according to Terrorizer, they bumped into him at the airport. They asked him if he's back in the band, and Brian said yes. I'll have to wait. And, and apparently see Brian said he's sick of uh, denying it or something like that because he's been he's been shot going into the studio with them, hasn't he? That's what yes. this all, yeah, all we this, talked um, about that a few weeks back, didn't we? Yeah, that's what all the kind of uh, excitement is about. So they've definitely been up to something together, and according to Terrorizer. It's, it's confirmed. So, well, why would you disbelieve that? Yeah, why would you? It's, it's just, it's amazing. I'm going to get Gorguts to find out when the Tool album's coming for me. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, I didn't even, I totally forgot that was actually the next segment Did because you? Tool are doing something out. Yeah, they put some teaser animations up. Yeah, on their website. Very tool That's got to mean something, hasn't it? Biological tool You don't just do that for a laugh. Maybe do tonight. Oh, don't you can that. fuck with people as much as you want if you're that big, surely. You really can. Everyone's gonna go crazy whatever you do. Well, Danny from the band uh, recently said it's coming out in April. I mean, he's got real previous with this, with getting our hopes up, hasn't he? Oh so, yeah, he said loads of times. So I don't know. Are we gonna get it? I, feel, I kind of feel. I mean, I had this feeling in my gut that they're just gonna surprise release it on everybody because mm. it'll be the most tall thing to do. But I don't know. Just don't know with that band. No, we don't. We, it's quite rare in our game that we have no fucking idea, and we've been sat here for years, the same as everybody else. And I, and I can honestly tell you, I've got no idea what the hell to. Yeah, and it's kind of nice, like to have something to look forward to in a way. To have something where you're like, this is going to happen at some point, but when? But when? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like the excite. They've managed to get the excitement back up for it as well. Like people, I mean, people are always going to be invested in it all album because it's tall. But, but you like, mean people haven't got bored with going, oh, yeah. when's it coming? And it did feel like that a couple of years back. You know, people were talking about this shit literally ten years ago. You know, so it better be good. Do you think it'll be good? Uh, obviously. <laughs> Might not be. I don't know. If Here's it hoping. comes in April and we can have chocolate Easter eggs and a tool record. <laughs> what a wonderful... That, if anything, is what Jesus would want. Exactly. <laughs> chocolate and monolithic metal from the 90s. <laughs> Created by somebody who doesn't believe in organised religion. Hooray! Merry Easter, everyone. <laughs> 
shall we take some questions from the lovely Mel Hammer? Yes. Let's fucking do it. Gal Kalonja asks. Oh, it's got to be Kalonja. Come on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm still ill. I really want to cough. You finally pronounced something wrong. I really want to I cough. Presume. And I'm not doing it on purpose. I mean, if it is Galonja, then sorry, Gal. I just totally... Gal Galonja asks, <clears throat> what goes into consideration when picking bands for the cover of the mag? The, uh, so, yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, Merlin. What goes into making <laughs> yeah. bands for the cover ha, of the mag? Anything that will sell. No. Um, yeah, it's a good question. So the reality is, as I'm sure anybody knows, and I think there's no point making a secret of, you know, magazines don't sell what they used to. And I mean, Metal Hammer used to be in the business of selling 50,000 plus issues each month, which is absolutely insane to think of that now. I'd struggle to think of any music, like proper music magazine that does those numbers anymore. I'm not sure there is one that exists that does those numbers. So for a metal magazine to have ever been in the first place is crazy, but you know, the reality is in the current climate where everybody can get their information anytime they want, chances are by the time you see a band on the cover of a magazine, they will have already run around even just like local radio stations in the US doing interviews. Um, so all the kind of exclusivity around new releases tends to have gone by the time you can get time with an artist because that's just the, the climate we're in now. So it's harder than ever and more important than ever to, to make the calls on what bands we put on the cover, isn't it? And we want to, like you said, you know, if people are talking to lots of different places, we want to make sure we've got something in the magazine that's really worth reading that you're not going to exactly. read anywhere else. It's going to just be 10 times the quality of what you might find. Exactly. So, so really it's kind of like if a Slipknot or a Metallica or a Maiden, um, and you know, we do, we do have very, very good relationships with those bands actually. I just talked about uh, you know, lacking exclusivity, but actually, those artists will often come to us first because we've got a, a relationship with them that goes back decades, and they know that we'll, you know, do them justice in bringing the best story out of them for for our readers. So we do actually have a good relationship with those guys, and if one of them kind of pops up and turns around and says, "We want to." give you the exclusive album release information and first shoot or we've got access to something that no one else is going to get you know that's a very easy decision for us obviously that's going to be a cover because we know that people are invested in Slipknot they're invested in Metallica those big massive names um, you know tend to not always guaranteed but tend to be uh, decent sellers for us they're just great bands as well yeah exactly the they're interesting you know, brilliant brilliant artists and they're, they're still enigmatic, a lot of those bands, you know? Like, Slipknot, despite Corey Taylor being all over social media, there's still a mystique about them that, that gets people excited. And it's not just a simple fact of that, you know, oh, they're a big band, they've got a new album out, let's put them on the cover. They're going to have a story to tell. There's going to be stuff to delve into yeah, that's going to be interesting. And so that's always a pretty easy decision. And we're always going to cover those bands, you know? We, we recognise that you kind of know you're probably going to see either Iron Maiden and or Slipknot and or Metallica on the cover of Metal Hammer at some point in a year because those are the bands that form the backbone of everything that we do and it would be bizarre if those bands are doing something if we didn't cover it in a big way because that's what, that's what people want to read about. So yeah, we are always going to cover those bands and, and you know we're very proud to be at the forefront of everything those bands are doing because like I said, we've got a good relationship with them. Beyond that, it's kind of where it gets tricky because you know that you've got you know, you put I made on the cover, it's probably going to do all right. 
So what comes on the next issue? Do you take a risk and you put a new band on the cover, um, which you know nine times out of 10 is not gonna sell great, but you want to give that band the push and you want to put that band on the platform and you want to play the long game of, if we put them on the cover now, we'll help to push them and draw more attention to them so that therefore in future years, putting them on the cover will be, you know, a good seller for us and a, 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 you know help them expand their career forwards and also means that we're not always having to rely on um, you know the more predictable artists so it's a hard thing we do but no, all I will say is that nothing's ever off the table when it comes to putting stuff on the cover of Metal Hammer you know last year we had everything from we had a Slipknot cover we had a Maiden cover um, we put Disturbed back on the cover of Metal Hammer for the first time in a decade uh, which we, you know, we wouldn't have probably thought of doing, but we just felt like it was a good time to do it because they're a big, they're really big deal. They had an interesting story to tell us about, um, and we thought it was, you know, a cool time to do it. We also put um, Code Orange and Power Trip um, within Temptation on the cover of Metal Hammer for the first time, so we were able to give uh, cover debuts to bands. Now, Code Orange and Power Trip, very young bands, so that's really exciting to be able to put young bands on the cover. Within Temptation, they're a veteran male like now. It seems crazy to us that, just, you know, through no particular lack of wanting it to happen, um, they hadn't had a male hammer cover before. So we thought it was time to do that and give recognition to, to that band and the scene they've come from. Um, and then we have stuff like we've just done now. We've done the 50 Years of Metal, which is a celebration and it's a composite cover. And, and the good thing about doing stuff like that is that you can put, you know, we've got Eddie on this cover, we've got James Hepburn on this cover, we've got Clown from Slimmer on this cover. Um, but we've also got Mercury on this cover, and we've got Ghost on this cover, and we've got Behemoth, you know, Behemoth are on this cover. We've, you know, we've got Nurgle sitting on the cover of Metal Hammer magazine. Um, so it's a, it, you know, that's another good way of getting modern artists onto the cover of, of big metal max because the the bigger artists are going to be things that draw people in on a higher level. Um, but we're also mixing up these these vital modern acts with them as well to, to bring them into people's minds and make them you know make them more aware of them, which I think is really important also. And we also sit down and go, what are we excited about right now? Yeah, of course, of course. What do we want to read about ourselves? Absolutely. I mean, and sometimes you just get something that comes along every so often in metal where it's such a big deal and it's new and it's exciting and it's it's just crazy that you have to put it on the cover. And that's what we did with Baby Metal. I think Baby Metal is the biggest instance in certainly since I've been at Hannah, I think, of us taking a real risk with an artist, you know, one of the most divisive things to have ever happened in metal music, um, and put them on the cover. We didn't, there was no way of knowing at that point in time if that cover was gonna work or not, and if we'd ever cover them again, because nobody knew, no one had done it before. But we did it, and it was, it was a really successful cover for us that year, and it enabled us to then, you know, have another artist that isn't only just young, really young, <laughs> but, is completely different to anything else you would ever see on the cover of Metal Hammer, and that's exciting. And whether you like Baby Metal or not, you can't deny that a band like that coming along is just different to anything else in the scene. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about Ghost as well, just as another example off the top of my head. That's a really interesting story with Baby Metal as well. Like, I wrote that cover feature and spent time with them at Download and behind the scenes at the Metal Hammer Golden Gods ceremony, and the hysteria that was following them around and the buzz that was in the air because there were something different and there were something new. That was unlike anything I've seen for mm -hmm. a metal band in recent years. There was mm -hmm. a source of hysteria around it. So not only did you have that hysteria, you then had these, um, you know, three women in the center of this whole thing, um, kind of new to, not new to the music industry, 
but new to kind of how the metal world worked and you know interviewing with an interpreter as well and there are all these different things that kind of came together that just made it a really interesting experience and completely different to having, you know, a sort of normal metal band on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that your first cover for us? Yeah, I think so. Uh, amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, I think Elle with that, um, with that cover feature helped to set the narrative for Baby Metal and helped to, you know, make them a definitive part of our world and um, because part of our job at Metal Hammer is to be you know we are that we are the, the guardians of the of the scene and everything else and and as far as I'm concerned if you appear in Metal Hammer or on the cover of Metal Hammer that makes you a, re- a relevant part of, of metal maybe not a metal band you know you've got this ongoing conversation about are ghost metal or not prequel isn't a metal album it's got a couple of metal riffs on it but they are a metal band and I think ultimately if it feels if it feels right and it feels exciting to us and it feels like something we we feel like we would want to read and we honestly believe that our readers and our followers will want to be invested in and want to read about we'll we'll put that we'll we'll put it on the cover and that could be a new incisive look at a classic metal album that a band has never talked about before it could be a veteran act opening up about something that they never wanted to open up about before like a big issue that's not been covered that they've shied away from that we've managed to get them to talk about or it could be an exciting new band doing something totally different in the scene um, but like I said nothing's off the table there's no there's no kind of there's nothing there's no suggestion for a cover that we'll never not take into consideration but you know you have to be realistic about it if you put a band on the cover of Metal Hammer that's only selling 400 tickets at a, a venue in London that's not going to sell a lot of issues on the newsstand it's just not so if we decide to do something like that the question is what can we do around that um that means we can justify and make sure it's done in a way where it won't you know fuck us up (laughs) tell us what you want to see a better word tell us what you want to see on the cover yeah don't be afraid like i said the facebook the facebook group facebook.com forward slash metal hammer readers go on there and tell us what you would like to see on the cover we can't just promise that every suggestion will get on there but you know who would have honestly thought that a bunch of young teenage girls in um, what the outfit's called? Cami, no. What the outfit's called that Baby Mel wear? Uh, they just got outfits. No, they're like, um, like idol outfits. Yeah, like tutus. Yeah, oh, idol like. outfits. Like, who would have thought that a bunch of young teenage girls in tutus um, would have ever made it on the cover of Metal Hammer? But in hindsight, it seems insane that we'd ever not consider putting him on the cover of Metal Hammer. So nothing... Nothing is off the table. And, uh, you know, when you look at the year ahead and all the cool stuff that's happening for Metal this year, I think it's going to be a very exciting year for, for Metal Hammer covers. So we're going to do some cool stuff. But yeah, do tell us what you'd like to see more of, of course. It's your turn for a question. It is. And this is another good question um, from Matt Heeks. When reviewing gigs, do you use the exact same standards for indoor and outdoor shows? Or do you have to factor in more variables for outdoor shows and festival performances? So... Yes, you do have to. I think I'd say every show you have to review within its context. So that could be indoor, outdoor, festival, small gig, or it could be that you're at a show with other circumstances, like maybe you're in a new venue, or you're in a different country, or you're at a show with a particular set of bands. Um, I'd basically just say every show you have to treat on its own merit and with its own circumstances. I mean, the obvious ones with indoor and outdoor gigs is that the sound with outdoor gigs is often going to be 
probably a little bit more patchy. Um, people aren't necessarily going to be headlining their own show. They're going to be with a bunch of other bands. So, and you know, where there's, if you're indoors, there's going to be a bit more control over the sound. Um, you're probably going to be playing to more people that know you. So they're the obvious differences. But really, I think you've got to review every single gig in its own set of circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, all gigs are different, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. The, the, I mean, watching Architects, I can't even remember th- kind of noting anything about the quality of the sound at the gig, which probably means it was good. Um, it's not that really is good because bad. I've struggled a bit. I think I mentioned when I went to see Perfect Circle at Wembley, I struggled with the sound mm. a bit. Um, I thought it was a bit off and the bass was a bit loud and it kind of ruined my enjoyment of the show. Mm. Um, but I've, you know, seeing Slayer there, that was completely on point. And also, the bigger the venue, the more uh, variation there is in how it can sound. Because standing in one part of Wembley Arena is going to sound very different to standing in another part of Wembley Arena. And the same with festivals, you know? Yeah. Um, it's good so to try yeah. and uh, stand at the sound desk, then you know it's probably going to sound good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, watching Fucked Up in a basement is going to have a different set of standards for meeting a good gig criteria than watching like ACDC at yeah, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> you know, it just is. Um, let's take this next one. So Owen White asks, what's your favourite album so far this year? I'm really enjoying Puppy's Goat. Just to be clear, Puppy's Goat could be a bad name in its own right, but that is the debut <coughs> album Goat by Puppy, which I think is fucking great. What, have you listened to it? Yes. What did you think? Because you weren't keen on the way you... Still not keen? No. Oh, okay. I just... It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. There's, there's just not quite enough there for me to grab onto. It just sounds a bit thin to me. I don't think it's bad. It just doesn't fill me with joy. I'm sorry. I really like As Marie it. Marie Kondo would say, does it spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell long it take to get Marie Kondo to this podcast? <laughs> um, I've been reading about Marie Kondo for years. I know. Oh, all right, OG Pipster. Fucking yeah. hell. Um... Should I do my yeah. favourite album? Yeah, go on then. But right. just for reference point, I really like, just the other side of that, I really like the Poppy album. Uh, I thought like I might not be bothered by it because it took so long to get here, but I think it's great. It's full of, um, uh, if you haven't heard Puppy yet, they're basically like Weezer meets Black Sabbath. Um, all these really cool, lovely, sunshiny hooks interwoven with these massive riffs. I think it's really good. I want to like it, but I just don't That's fine. Don't I, feel I've got it. enough liking for the both of us. Good. Well, so what are you liking this year though? I've got two favourites at the moment, two current favourites. Can okay. you guess them? Bring Me. Yeah. That's one of mine as well. And what else is that? No, I can't think of the other one. King 810. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They're okay. my two favourites. Probably a bit obvious if you know me, but yeah, Ammo. I mean, Bring Me, the watermark for Bring Me is still sempaternal for me. I love that record. It's the combination Sainies. of heaviness and melody, but I really like that. It's a spirit as well. Um, Armo obviously has split everybody. I think songs like Wonderful Life, that is a fucking sexy riff, even though it's very Kajira. I love Within that song. chorus. Nah. Don't you think? Maybe. Oh, what a wonderful life. Maybe, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, I love Nihilist Blues, the ones with Grimes on, but I like Grimes. And it's just kind of varied. I wouldn't say it's like 100% awesome but I'd say I can't stop listening to it there's so many hooks in there there's so many good little bits it's so well produced there's so much to wrap your ears around so I'm really enjoying that I completely agree and, and I, I agree there's a couple of tracks on it 
for me, the tracks I don't like so much are the ones that sounded like they could have come off That's the Spirit, which I found interesting. Because I didn't which, mind which That's tracks? the Spirit. Medicine. I don't like medicine. And the one at the end, which has grown on me a little bit. Don't say you love me for the end. For the end. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, the, the, that those two for me are the most chart music ones. Yeah, totally. And I don't like them, but then I walk around my house singing them yeah. and I feel resentful. <laughs> and I, and I, lo- I love, I said on Twitter, I want to hear Jordan Fish do a full on EDM album because I love all the little dance electronic flourishes on it. I think they're so well done. Um, uh, Nihilist mm-hmm. Blues is definitely my favourite song they've done it's since brilliant, isn't it? I love it. Oh, I, great I think song. it's so good. Um, and yeah, and I find myself with that album, even though there's a clear link to That's the Spirit on it. It's one of those albums where I listen to it and then I immediately want to listen to other stuff like it and I can't quite find anything that ticks the boxes it does. I was thinking, it's such a kind of different I was thinking exactly that. Like, of stuff. I was enjoying the record so much and I thought I wish there were more bands in this category so I could go and listen to music that sounds like this by other bands but there isn't anyone that I can think of. You have to go and listen to mm. a pop artist you know, like Grimes or you have to go and listen to their old records or listen to some metal bands that are, have a melodic edge there aren't any bands doing what they're doing right now mm-hmm. and that's amazing isn't it like that they are sort of blazing yeah, that amazing. trail but no matter what you think of them they've done something good yeah I, I agree what else, what else you think of King, them this year King 810 mm. really love it um, third record is it at this point um, obviously the guys from Detroit David Gunn uh, always thinking about guns. <laughs> uh, there's a really awesome song in it actually called Bang Guns. Oh, that made me laugh. I love that like, song so, so much. King fucking... It's really, really, really them, but it's really catchy. And there's another great song called God Is Watching. Um, it's quite the whole album is quite trip hoppy, sort of industrially, um, a bit nice nailsy. They kind of got these distorted guitar parts and these trip hoppy electronics. David's vocals really varied, like sometimes they're more bluesy, sometimes they're sort of barked metals, sometimes he's singing, sometimes it's sinister. It sounds amazing on good speakers or headphones, and I guess if I was a stripper, I would strip to it. <laughs> it's, got, it's got that sound about it, wow. it's sort of the shorthand that I'm going for. What, a, uh, what a testament that is. <laughs> I, think, I mean, if I was going to get a fucking uh, a quote put on a sticker on the album, that would be it. Let's see. Yeah, I like it as well. I feel like the second half's a bit stronger because I feel like that's when it really gets into its groove. And no, I like the whole thing. Equals. The whole thing's really good. Well, in that case, I, I have your opinion as well, clearly. Um, no, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it's really strong. Still, still weirdly, even though they've got a lot of hyper attention, still feel a bit underrated King 810, I think. Yeah, I feel like they... Even they give them the credit that they should I get. think they sort of became a bit of a joke when they came over with the replica guns and that kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, the music's solid, so don't be put off by the gimmick, Definitely. I would say. I, saw, I think it was um, Metal Hammer writer Stephen Hill that said to me the other day that if, if Fever 333 had, been, had done some of the things that King 810 do, people would be frothing over it. Oh, yeah. Because it goes into those kind of other genres. But anyway, that's a different argument. Um, yeah, I backed up both of those, though. Um, I've also written uh, Swallow the Sun. That's yeah. a great album that's just come out. There's um, a lot of heart in that, isn't there? Yeah, it's so good. It's really emotional, um, melodic, deathy doom album. I mean, they're, they're such a great band. They've been going for years. But if, if you like that kind of slow, um, lumbering, uh, melodious doom, then get over that Swallow the Sun album because it's really, really great. A.A. Williams as well, I really like that. If you like kind of uh, like uh, cool, I don't want to say singer-songwriter because that's gets the wrong impression, but like cool kind of emotional, um, heavy, but not in the sense of guitars music, check out the A.A. Williams EP. 
Um, and also, um, I've written down Judiciary, who are a fucking sick uh, metallic hardcore band from Texas that a lot of people have been banging on about. And so I uh, picked it up because a few people recommended them to me. Um, if you want something to scratch that itch left by Power Trip and get the shot and those kind of bands, the Judiciary album is very, very, very good. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Parkway Driving Kill Switch Engage at Alexandra yeah. Palace. I don't know if I'll be more excited about a gig all year long. First gig of the year for me. Coming out yeah. by seclusion it's into the be world. It's going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait. Two of the greatest metalcore bands of all time. What could be... And a bit of Diana's Murder to open it up as well. Yeah. Why not? It's going to be good, isn't it? It is. We will see you uh, this time next week for the review of that gig. Don't forget to go pick up the new issue of Metal Hammer right now, immediately. It is celebrating 50 years of metal. 50 fucking years. Unbe-fucking-leavable. Um, oh, and I, I forgot to say, when we were doing, uh, going through the top, it also comes with a free Iron Maiden poster and free Metallica beer mats. How sick is that? That's awesome. Pretty damn cool. We'll see you next week, everybody. See Happy you. 50 years, metal. Metal.